We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hello and welcome to Yield Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stengel. Hello. Hi. How's it going? It's going. Yeah. We're recording on a different day. I know, it's weird. It, It feels like we're late, the assignment, but we're actually really early. I know. This doesn't happen very often. I'm very excited. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason for that, and we'll get into it. But this week is week three of Wicked Mock Madness. Wicked Mock Madness. And this week, we are traveling to Sweden. And I am opening the cubby wide. Because I did my best to translate phonetically all of the different things that are in this episode, and I know I'm gonna fail. So I mean, that's fair. It's a lot. I feel like I would fail. I would fail too. It's a lot. There are sounds that like my mouth can't make the proper shape for to make <laughs> them properly. So I'm doing my best and that's all i can do (laughs) r.i.p the people of sweden's ears yeah we're sorry they're like excited that we're covering something in sweden and then at the same time they're like oh god she's gonna destroy our language so (laughs) sorry about it but this week's topic is the two short care witch trials okay and information was pulled from the following sources 2022 history website by Hans Ergmann, and there were two pages from his website. A 2021 okay. Folk Life magazine article by Jenny Tiedermann Oosterbergi. 2019 Familiar Territory article by Green Witch. I'm pretty sure that's a moniker. <laughs> a 2009 Luke Maston article, Atlas Obscura, Spotting History, and two Wikipedia links. All right. And we will have links to all of these articles in the show notes. Got something you want to say? Shoot us an email over at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your story ideas, see any gifts you send our way, or if you just want to say hello. We're pretty friendly. Speaking of friendly, if you'd like to have real-time conversations with us, consider joining our Discord over at the Cultivate Network. You can chat with us over at the Old Crimers Cubby, or catch up with any of the other great creators that are part of the Cultivate family of podcasts. Just click the link in our show notes or over on our link tree to get started today. As I mentioned, we are in Sweden, and we are going to be discussing some of the worst witch trials in the country's history. Oh man, I was really hoping they were going to be cool. No, they're going to be bad. Are you trying to figure out where on the scale of bad? Well, it's it's just going to be bad. And if you, <laughs> if you and if you get to a point where you're like, I can't listen anymore, 
I understand. Yeah, but I, I don't have Maddie that luxury. has to, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that luxury. I can't say, you know what? Mute. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out. All of a sudden, I just keep saying wow in inappropriate places and nobody understands why. Yeah. I just sub you out with Owen Wilson. Wows. Wow. <laughs> and everyone's like, when did Owen Wilson show up? Where'd Maddie go? Why is he saying that? That's not cool. She left her body because it was too traumatic. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's get started. <laughs> the first known witch trial in Sweden occurred in 1471 with the first recorded execution not taking place until much later in 1550. Okay. So some peaceable times before? Before, yep. For a minute? For a hot second. In 1688, Yetrud Svensdutter, a shepherd girl, was accused by a young boy named Mats Nielsen in Dalena. The whole event started when the pair got into a fight and Mats had been beaten up by Yetrud after the goats had gotten away, which okay. I would beat up somebody if they were distracting me and my goats got away, you know? Yeah, screw you, Mats. He stated before the parish priest that he had seen her walking on the water of the East Dahl River as she herded her goats at the summer farm. Stupid. Yetrud lived with her parents at the time in Lilhardal, and while under interrogation, she stated that the neighbor's maid, Marit Jonsdotter, also known as Stor Morit, or Big Morit, had taken her to the devil. Great. You know what makes everything better? When you're accused of being a witch, accusing another innocent person of being an even bigger witch. That's always super cool and super fun and super great. Oh, we haven't even scratched the surface yet, Maddie. The local priest conducted her trial, and Yetrud was sentenced to death on September 13th, 1688, at the age of 12. Great. Great start. Thankfully, the court altered her punishment to flogging. Awesome. I mean, it's better than death, but at the same time, not by much. Yeah, because that could, like, severely damage her body while she's growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, the damage had been done. In naming Marit as a witch, she had unknowingly set in motion future witch hunts that would spread like a virus throughout the country. Great. The witches of Sweden were accused of witchcraft for a variety of reasons, but the chief amongst them was that they abducted children and took them to Satan's Sabbath at Bluakula, which in Swedish folklore is the legendary meadow where the devil held his earthly court. Sounds kind of cool. I mean, I'd go there. Do they have candy? Kids love candy. I hope they had, like, tea cakes or something. Right, like something that kids never got. Yeah. Yeah. As the number of those accused continued to rise, and they in turn accused others, the rise in supposed witches began to spread like wildfire. Sweden, unlike other countries, didn't have a separation between church and state. Great. President of the commission, county governor of Vesternorland, Baron Karl Spera, 
sent letters to every parish minister following his appointment in the spring of 1674, essentially ordering the clergy to use their sermons to inform their congregations of the crimes committed by witches. Cool. That's fearmonger. Got it. Yep. Yep. Additionally, the Swedish government had commissions assembled, which included priests and lawyers that would travel to quote-unquote witch-infested areas to help the local courts conduct their trials. Since the targets were primarily children, it shouldn't come as a surprise that the bulk of the witnesses were children themselves. Great. Great even acting as key witnesses in several instances. Awesome. Do they do they not understand the idea of a, a child's imagination? No. Great. Great. Excellent. Yes. Prior to the 1600s, torture was forbidden, and the court of appeal had to confirm a person's sentence of guilt before an execution would be allowed. And if you wanted to confirm a sentence, you needed a confession, right? Mm-hmm. I think you know where I'm going with this, but in case you're not, in the case of the witch trials, authorities suddenly deemed torture a necessary evil. Great. Awesome. Super godly. It's very religious and pious of them. So godly. Yes. One method that was used to determine if you were a witch was the water test, where the woman was tied up and thrown <sighs> into a body of water such as a lake or river. If she sank, then she was innocent and died as a good Christian woman. Mm -hmm. If she floated, she was condemned as a witch and would be beheaded before being burnt on a bonfire. Great. Awesome. Yeah. In 1673, Shashti Larsdotter was tried in a trial that lasted four days. According to trial records, quote, the year is 1673. The place is the small village Hamra, Helsingland, Sweden. It is a mid-September day in the season of harvest, and Shashti Larsdotter, a mother with her family, are hard at work preparing for the upcoming winter. A terrible knocking at the door interrupts their labor. Watching the solemn group of men who enter, it is possible Shashti Larsdotter knew right away. She could not have missed the news from other villages. She has heard about the ordeals of torture and the flames of the pyre. They are hunting witches. Accused, she falls to her knees. Her husband and children embrace her as she cries out, quote, Perhaps I will never come home to you ever again. End quote. Probably not. Fifty-four children and others accused Shashti of taking children to the witches' Sabbath. 54. How? Why? 54 children knew her? Uh, apparently. One boy even claimed that she had given him food that was actually a living snake. After he ate it, he could feel it twisting around in his stomach, and an angel appeared to him, telling him that the only way to rid himself of the snake was to confess all that had taken place to the parish priest. Following his confession, a snake crawled from his mouth, and his parents, along with two other adults, confirmed that his story was true. A girl swore that at the witch's Sabbath, Satan was able to speak through Shashti as serpents wriggled around her neck. 
Other child witnesses stated that black angels made them turn their backs to the altar as they cursed the Holy Communion, stating from a black book, quote, Cursed be the father, the mother, and everything that dwells on earth, end quote. Interesting. From the trial notes, quote, Shashti knelt and proclaimed, I know nothing of this. My suffering does not help that fact. But the children continue. Shashti rode on the parish priest to the witch's Sabbath and forced them to take Satan's hand. She answers these charges. I do not know anything of this. Please, Lord in heaven, deliver me. But the accusations of the children continue, this time in unison. At trial's end, the judge sentences Shashti to death by beheading her body burned at the stake, end quote. It's awful. In 1674, the minister of Eterlanes Parish, Laurentius Christofori Hunius, was directed by Johannes Batrangius of Tushorker Parish to conduct a special investigation of his followers. Mm. Tushore Care Parish in the northern province of Almgermanland is in the diocese of Hanson in what is now Kramfors Municipality in Vesternorland County, Sweden. The church dates all the way back to 1200 and originally had a Romanesque design before it was expanded in the 15th century. Okay. Lars, which is what I'm going to refer to this priest as from now on because his oh. other name is way too long was born as Lars Chris Toffersen in Hansan in 1645 and changed his name once he joined the clergy he studied theology in the 1660s and was ordained in 1672 while employed as an assistant to the parish minister Olaus Uruchini Rufinius who led the services in Eterlanes as Two short cares pastor. Okay. Upon his death, shortly after Lars became his assistant or his apprentice, Lars was appointed as the new assistant parish minister. During this point in history, it was common practice for a newly appointed minister to marry the widow or daughter of the minister who had just died. Okay. The practice was known as, quote, preserve the minister's widow, end quote. And although Olaus was a widower himself, he did have an unmarried daughter named Britta Olafsdotter Rufinia, who was born in 1651. Lars married Britta at the parish minister's home in Sunanakir. Lars, who was known to be a zealot, employed two boys that were known as Viskasar or sage, or wise boys, to stand guard at the door to the church in order to identify witches as they exited. Awesome. These sage boys were often orphans that would wander around looking for a job, and their ability to quote-unquote see the invisible mark on a witch's forehead made them very valuable to witch hunters. I'm sure. When one of the boys pointed to Britta, Lars' own wife. He slapped the boy soundly before he quickly apologized, stating that the sun had momentarily blinded him and he didn't know who he had been pointing at. (laughs) 
the boys would get a coin for every witch they pointed out. Great. So super motivated. Yes. Awesome. In order to extract testimony, Lars would get the children, because remember it's the children that are testifying, Mm -hmm. to talk via whippings by bathing them in the ice-cold water of a frozen lake and putting them in an oven before threatening to light the fire and bake them. Wow. So just real-life Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah. Great. He didn't live in a gingerbread house, but uh, apparently he likes cannibalism. It sounds like Grimm was inspired by them. Something. Shit. Some of the children continued to suffer ill health after these intense interrogations and refused to go anywhere near the priest's house. Yeah, no shit. Even long after the trials had concluded and they were well into their adulthood. I bet. PTSD is a real thing. Yeah. Dicks? (laughs) Dick? You freaking dick? Dicks? Way to be a dick, you dick. Baking children and throwing them in a lake? Oh, I don't know why this person doesn't like baking anymore. Around 100 people from Lars's parish, both men and women, were accused by the children, and the first trial started October 15th, 1674. Jesus. Not much documentation was taken, and from Mm -hmm. what we can gather, the trials were much like others of their kind. The only difference being the number of accused, which included Lars' own mother, Elizabeth, and his aunt, Moses, both of whom were found guilty and executed. Awesome. Yeah. Great. The best surviving documentation of events was written 60 years after, in 1735, by Lars' grandson, Jens Hunius, when he transcribed what his grandmother, Britta Rufina, told him she witnessed firsthand at the proceedings. So Lars' wife. Yeah. It is still unclear how many of the 100 accused were acquitted or convicted, but not put to death. The records that survive suggest that many of those who were convicted were able to escape, and that several of the women were able to avoid execution due to the fact that they were pregnant. That's good, but... (sighs) I feel like if you're already like accused ch- killing children and stuff, why are you suddenly okay with a pregnant woman? It's you can't kill a pregnant woman. You like you you you're not supposed to do it. It's, but you can kill children. You can kill children, but you can't kill a child that's inside that lady. That's just crazy to me. Yep. Like that's that's where that's where it stops. That's the line. That's the line. That's the line. Great. Two hundred people gave testimony at the trial, and most of the witnesses were children as young as five years old. Great, because they've never lied or embellished in their lives. Mm -hmm. Very short, colorful lives. Or aren't easily influenced by others. Right. Maybe coached on what to say. Mm Mm-hmm. After being tortured. Yeah. Unlike in other witch trials we've covered on our show, the prisoners weren't held in a jail but detained in several locations around the village. They weren't even being guarded. The accused were barely given any food, but were allowed to accept anything their relatives provided. Okay. 
The Hamar District Court found 60 of the 100 accused guilty of committing acts of witchcraft and sentenced them to death. The trial is concluded on November 5, 1674, and the minutes from the trial were presented to the Witchcraft Commission to confirm their verdict. The commission convicted another 11 people, bringing the total accused and guilty to 71. Of those sentenced to die, 20 were from Tushorker, 29 from Dahl, and 22 from Eterlanes parishes. So they were all kind mm. of like clustered together. Yeah. On June 1st, 1675, following a sermon in Tushorker Church, the 71 accused witches, which consisted of 65 women, four men, and two boys, were led to Bolberiet, or Pyre Mountain, or Hexberiet, or Witch Mountain, to be executed. Some of them were so weak from near starvation that they had to be carried to the site by their families. Great. In Yenin's book, his grandmother describes the events prior to their ascent. Quote, Then they began to understand what would happen. Cries to heaven rose of vengeance of over those who caused their innocent deaths, but no cries and no tears would help. Parents, men, and brothers held a fence of pikes, by which she meant that the men of the village, the family members of the prisoners, surrounded the prisoners with weapons so they yep. couldn't escape. Yep. They were driven, 71 of them, of which only two could sing a psalm, which they repeated when they walked as soon as it ended. Many fainted on the way out of weakness and death wish, and those were carried by their families up until the place of execution, which was in the middle in the parish, half a mile from all the three churches, and called the Mountain of the Stake. Once they arrived at the designated spot, having been led there by Mayor Eric Lund from the city of Hansan, two executioners awaited the accused. All 71 were then decapitated at the base of the three bonfires away from the stakes so the blood wouldn't prevent it from burning. Great. Stripped naked by their families and then burnt at the stake. These executions were conducted in a single day, giving it the horrendous distinction of being the largest mass killing of accused witches in recorded history. That's a nightmare. Britta shared with her grandson that after their loved ones were burnt, they simply went home, displaying no emotion, as if the experience had left them completely numb. Of those executed that day, the youngest woman was 18, and the eldest was 70. Wow. I'm now going to share with you the names of all those who were convicted and executed that day. Wife Britta in Westerham, wife Saura in Cleon, wife Elisabetta in Aspbaby, wife Sigrid in Hamar, wife Barbro in Hirantnes, wife Anna in Biono, wife Marit in Vik, maid Anika in Aspbaby, wife Margrieta in Aspbaby, wife Barbro in Aspbaby, wife Margarita in Hula, wife Anna in Hembra, wife Morit in Helsingsta, wife Elisabeth in Salom, wife Saura in 
Salom, Dawid Nielsen in Fanom, wife Marit in Rukhsta, wife Karin in Kiarsta, wife Karin in Ashtod, wife Margarita in Uliastad, wife Anna in Oliastad, wife Brita in Ashtad, wife Ella in Nurum, wife Saura in Nurum, wife Karin in Oliastad, wife Brita in Oliastad, maid Siagrid in Ashtad, wife Anna in Oliastad, wife Saura in Ashtad, Nils Johansson in Kiarsta, wife Brita in Flugsitter, maid Shashti in Flugsitter, wife Brita in Flugsitter, wife Anna in Mu, maid Cecilia in Mu, wife Karin in Mu, wife Barbro in Douglas, maid Shashti in Douglas, wife Anna in Lefhawa, wife Moritz in Tun Sunyan, maid Brita in Lastad, maid Shashti in Lastad, maid Anna in Lastad, wife Barbro in Forsha, wife Margrieta in Lastad, wife Siagrid in Nas, wife Morit in Nas, wife Anna in Nas, wife Elisabetta in Nas, Halt Karin in Nas, wife Margarita in Sunanaker, wife Cecilia in Blastod, wife Ingrid in Brosta, maid Brita in Nas, Eric Johansson in Lastad, Guba Brita in Niland, wife Cecilia in Niland, wife Brita in Nas, Fauschfin wife Margarita, old wife Siegrid in Hamar, boy Olaf Olsen in Hula, boy Ole in Oelsta, boy Ole in Nurum, boy Paul in Nurum, Gromarta in Ulestad, boy Andesh in Tunwerin, wife Shashti in Lefewe, wife Maureen in Nas, maid Anna in Aspaby, wife Agda in Mu, and maid Margrieta in Lastad. That's just insane. Similar to the trials we covered a few weeks ago in Poland, executions were supposed to be confirmed by a higher court before they were conducted. Commissions and local courts were supposed to report their sentences first before the testimonies were reviewed by higher courts. Mm -hmm. Once confirmation that the execution was approved, then they could be conducted. In this instance, as in so many that were conducted in Poland, the parish church did what they wanted instead of going through the official channels. Yep. The commission in Tushorker were called to the capital to answer for their actions. 
Following this mass execution, no more capital punishments were conducted in Tushorker, but the damage had already been done. At the end, one-fifth of the women from the parish had been falsely accused of committing acts of heresy and been burnt at the stake. That's insane. That's so many people. This doesn't mean that more witch trials didn't take place. The very last witch trial and execution was that of Maulin Matsdotter in Stockholm on August 5, 1676, during the Katarina witch trials. She was the only registered case in Sweden in which a witch was burned alive. Oh, man. In all other cases, they were beheaded first. Do you know why she was different? I don't know. I don't know. That same day, Anna Simon's daughter was also executed for committing witchcraft with Maline. Although, unlike her, she was beheaded before she was burnt on a bonfire. Following this, the higher courts ruled that testimony from child witnesses was unreliable and could not be used in court. Wow, how many years later? Yeah, like a hundred some years later? Yeah. In 1677, priests across the country were ordered by the government to tell their congregations that no more witch trials would be conducted, and that all the witches had been expelled from Sweden, and the witch trials ended just as suddenly as they began. However, the punishment for witchcraft wouldn't be abolished in Sweden until 1779. That's so late. Mm -hmm. Holy smokes. The last woman sentenced to death for witchcraft in Sweden was executed in 1704, and the last legal witch trial was held in Dolena province in 1757. One last case of witchcraft was brought before the court in 1858 by a priest in Dolena against a group of women. The Swedish government quickly put the kibosh on it silencing the accusations to not embarrass the country further. Mm -hmm. In too short care, the wise boys who had literally fingered the so-called witches were later found with their throats cut, murdered along the highway after the trials concluded. I mean, I don't condone it, but I see why it happened. Yep. As for Lars, he died May 17, 1719, at the age of 74, in Nordanuker, Eterlanes Parish. He is buried under the old church. The very church where all the people were accused of witchcraft. Great. I hope he's haunted by all of them constantly. I hope so, too. This dark time in Swedish history is known as Distura Uvasundet, or the Great Noise, and saw the deaths of 300 people. 400 if you factor in the 100 executions that took place between 1550 and 1668, so prior to like the big scare. Yeah. And obviously, more trials took place throughout the country, not just the one in Too Short Care. Mm -hmm. I'll cover the others in a future episode, like the Katarina one that I mentioned not that long ago. Okay. In 1975, on the 300-year anniversary of the infamous Too Short Care trial, a memorial stone was erected at the execution site of the Mountain of the Stake, where so many met their end. The inscription on the stone reads as follows, quote, 
1675, witches' pyres burnt here. Women died, men judged. The belief of the time befalls man, end quote. A yellow sign is next to the stone monuments and reads as follows, quote, once faith attacks man. In the years 1674 to 75, trials of witchcraft accused were held in Tushorker's rectory. The district court's verdicts led to 60 people being sentenced to death. A special witchcraft commission took a position on the accusations against a further 11 people. According to written sources, the commission determined the 71 death sentences. They were executed at this place by beheading, and the bodies were burned at the stake. End quote. I just can't imagine. You have 71 people. Like, that would take so long. And then to be one of the 71, just waiting, helpless, waiting. Knowing that it's coming. And watching everybody before you. Yeah. Today, you can visit the spot after hiking up a designated trail called the Witch's oh. Path, which is 4.6 miles or 7.5 kilometers from the Tu Shorakere Church. There are other spots around the village from which you can drive to a parking lot near the site. A museum dedicated to the trials and its victims is located in the nearby town of Prest Moon. How haunted do you think all of that is, especially in the mountains? Oh my god, so freaking haunted. Has to be super haunted. No thank you. Yeah. Absolutely no not. thank you. Nope. Nope. I mean, the monuments are beautiful. Oh, I'm but sure. There's no, there's no way in hell. No way mm -hmm. in hell I'd go up there. Mm -mm. Nope. 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 All bad. Mm -hmm. All bad. Bad vibes. And it's not for people who are like, oh, the witches aren't haunting them. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, like, when you have that much death and, like, sadness and pain in one spot. And trauma. And trauma, it changes things. Like, mm -hmm. shit changes in that spot. And mm -mm, no thank mm -mm. you. No mas. If you're interested in ad-free content, consider supporting us with a one-time donation either over on Buy Me A Coffee or our Venmo page both of which are in our link tree and in the show notes. If you'd like early ad-free content, not to mention some bonus material, become a member of our Patreon today for as low as a dollar a month. Hi, this is Kelly Chase from the History Detective Podcast. If you enjoy learning about some of the people who probably didn't feature in your history textbooks, History Detective is for you. You'll meet warrior women from Russia, Japan, Vietnam and India. You'll hear fascinating stories from Australian history and you may even find out some quirky facts about the people who feature on the Australian currency. Just search for History Detective in your favourite podcast app. See you soon. This week's podcast plug is the History Detective Podcast from the USA Network. Nice. Hosted by Kelly Chase, History Detective is a podcast for teachers, students, and lovers of history. It delves into stories from the past that don't always get told in the textbooks. Every episode will include an original song that complements the topic. It is a classroom-friendly resource that aligns with history curriculums. Nice. And each episode is around... A half hour or less. That's awesome. So we'll have a link to her show in the show notes if you want to give it a listen. Cool. And on that note, uh, what's something good you'd like to share? Nothing from this episode. Damn. 
<laughs> I was going to say, please be something good. <laughs> this episode was so bad. Oh, man. I don't know. I guess the best thing that's happened between when we last spoke to, like, what, two days ago and now. Yeah. Willie got groomed for the first time in a minute. Yay! And he's so handsome, and he feels handsome, and he got his toes, he's got his nails done, and he's all trimmed up, and he looks like a handsome young man. Kona got groomed today, too. Instead of, like, the Grinch look that he gets, he gets Grinch feet. He does. It's really cute. It is really cute. I just feel bad, because you know it's uncomfortable for him when it gets to a certain length. But, yeah, he feels pretty now. And so it's very nice. How about you? It's one good thing. By the time this episode comes out, this trip will have already taken place. Yeah. But at the time that we're recording, it is the night before I fly out to visit my friends, Emily from the Drink Drunk Dead and Pineapple Pizza podcast and Alex from Weird Distractions. Mm-hmm. And we are planning another girls weekend And we are going to be doing some really fun stuff. Mm -hmm. We're going to a murder-themed escape room. And I think it's it's either a haunted penitentiary or a haunted sanitarium. Sanatorium. I had to, like, sign a waiver for it and stuff. Like, it's... We're going at night. It's, like, a three-hour-long tour. It's all... You got something for your asthma? (laughs) I'm going to bring my inhaler. You please bring in your inhaler because, like, the asbestos alone. <laughs> I might bring a mask. That's a you good should bring two. I'll pick up some masks when I get there. Yeah. That I can wear. And it's going to be cold, so I'm actually, like, packing, like, some mittens and mm-hmm. other stuff to keep me nice and toasty. Yeah. But I'm really excited to see my friends. It's It's nice seeing my friends and getting away from my kids for a little while (laughs) not that i don't love my family but it's nice to just have some some me time well you recently had a family trip so so i kind of need it right now (laughs) i I completely understand the desire to like just be away from yeah just be done for having to make decisions yeah be an adult you can be a kid for a little bit do fun stuff so excited all right Shall we? We shall. Looking for more content? You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. If you'd like to see pictures from this week's episode, not to mention bonus content and funny memes, make sure to follow us on Twitter at yieldcrimepod and on Facebook and Instagram at yieldcrimepodcast. On TikTok? Of course you are. Follow us at yieldcrimepodcast. A great way to support the show, if you can't do so financially, is to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods, or wherever you can leave us a review. This week's comes from LISE0407 on Apple Podcasts, and they say, Love this podcast. Currently binging your show and loving it. I started from the beginning and just finished episode 75, trying to catch up so I can be current. Great show. Nice. Thank you. This is kind of an older review, so I'm sure by the time I'm reading this out loud, they have caught up. Thank you for being a listener and for binging from the beginning. Everyone who starts at the beginning, I'm like, thank you for sticking around. (laughs) Hey, we were cool. I still love the 
demonic origins of why can't I think of what it's called? It's not taxidermy. It's with the puppet. What do you call it? Ventriloquism? Ventriloquism. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I still like that episode. I thought that one was awesome. As always, you know what my answer is. I don't remember. <laughs> Animal cries. <laughs> I know that's your favorite. I need, I should try to figure out if I can do a part two for that. That would be amazing. I feel like I deserve that after this week's episode. Oh, God. I deserve an Animal Crimes 2.0 for all my pain and suffering. <laughs> I'm hoping that... Oh, I'm probably not going to get better. I was going to say, I'm hoping that the <laughs> next few weeks are going to be okay, but no, I just, just glanced. Mm, it might not be better. Aww. But hopefully it won't be as sad. That's all we yeah. can hope for. Okay. If you want a playlist of all our episodes on YouTube, click the link in our show notes or in our link tree and subscribe today for not only a list of our full catalog, but a separate list as well, just of our Can You Crack the Cramp Word segments. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime.